if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. As we get you rolling on this Wednesday, the 20th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2020, at eight minutes after nine o'clock. Coming up in about a half an hour, a little bit less, we're going to talk with our favorite reporter in Columbus. He's actually out of Mansfield. He's uh, kind of a freelancer independent reporter, uh, but he's working for a Mansfield TV station. Jack Windsor is in Columbus every day being a thorn in the side of Governor Mike DeWine, bringing things that apparently are foreign to uh, the governor's office and to the rest of the press pool. They're covering the briefings every day. Facts. Yeah. Uh, those don't have a whole lot of space uh, um, uh, in uh, Columbus right now. But Jack Windsor brings them, and he's going to update us on those coming up in a few minutes. In fact, I'm going to give you his question to Governor DeWine yesterday in just a moment because it will be part of our opening monologue. But Jack Windsor will be with us then at 9.35. At 10.10, the restaurant's open tomorrow inside because, thank goodness, Dr. Amy Acton, the mumbling lab coat herself, has determined that as of today, the coronavirus is still prevalent inside restaurants. You must stay outside today, but by tomorrow, it'll be gone. How about that? It will be all gone in the restaurants tomorrow. So the restaurants are going to be opening on on May 21st. So uh, Tony George will be joining us, one of the most well-known and respected restaurateurs in uh, Greater Cleveland. He'll be joining us at 1010 to talk about what has happened to his and other restaurant businesses in the last two months plus since the forced shutdown upon the order of uh, power-hungry uh, lab coat and her assistant, Mike DeWine, and what they're doing to prepare and reopen for their reopening tomorrow. So uh, we'll talk to Tony George at 1010. Isn't that amazing, by the way, how they can pinpoint that? They found out. They found out uh, last week that the COVID-19 coronavirus, the Chinese coronavirus, uh, disappeared from salons. Uh, actually a few days ago on the 12th, and now, or, or was it the 15th? Now I'm a little bit lost on my days, my apologies. I, I guess that was, uh, I think that was on the 12th. But at any rate, uh, they knew that the patios were going to be eradicated of the coronavirus on bars and restaurants as of that, what, maybe that was the 15th. That's what it was. That was the 15th. And it's going to be gone from the inside of restaurants on 
the 21st tomorrow. So it's really an amazing job of pinpointing exactly where COVID can threaten us and where it cannot. Uh, all right, I, I, all, all uh, tongue-in-cheek commentary aside, let's get into this. Yesterday, the governor, Mike DeWine, uh, by the way, made a rare appearance without Amy Acton's lab coat next to him, uh, said that we are moving away from the stay-at-home order and we have entered the Ohioans Helping Ohioans Advisory. It's not an order. It's an advisory. We were told yesterday at the press briefing. And what it means is these are just strong recommendations, not orders, but strong recommendations. Now, one reporter, that, and not Jack Windsor, believe it or not, but at the very end of the press briefing yesterday, or toward the very end of it, asked Governor DeWine, what does this mean, big picture, what is the big difference between the stay-at-home orders and these new orders? And the answer from the governor was, really, not much. <laughs> it's a name. It's a name. These are not orders. Now they're strong recommendations. But the real question is, do the orders contain a provision or a section that actually says penalty phase or penalties? Because the stay-at-home orders signed by Amy Acton in all of their various forms, when they were called stay-at-home until the point where they were transitioned to stay-safe Ohio, uh, and then the dine-safe dine Ohio, all of these you know, so-called uh, recommendations came with penalties. And if there are penalties included, then that means it's not, an, uh, not a recommendation, it is an order. And so we don't have all of the specifics on that yet. We just don't. And we're going to talk about that um, with Jack Windsor coming up. Maybe he does, but I want to find out if the penalty phase has been removed. Removed that section has been removed from the "quote unquote" Ohioans helping Ohioans recommendation list. And it's kind of funny how Governor DeWine yesterday wanted you to believe that he is relaxing the restrictions by changing them from orders to suggestions or strong recommendations, and yet. He also outlined all of the heavy-handed, Gestapo-like policing of bars and restaurants that is going to be going on all over Ohio. He's going to have his little spies out there, whether they be actually police or not, I don't know. But he's going to have his little spies out there checking to make sure that people aren't getting too close to one another uh, on the patios and in the restaurants and bars. And that if they do, and the restaurant does it immediately, break up these unauthorized socializing encounters, then they're going to potentially lose their liquor license. They're going to potentially face citations and orders to close back down again. All of these things are still in play, which means that these are not suggestions. These are not recommendations. These are indeed orders. And that's a problem. That's a big problem, as is the, the, the mandate with respect to the bars and restaurants and other socializing areas, if you are going to be eating or drinking, you must be seated. And if you're not seated, if you dare to stand and socialize with someone rather than sit next to them, you could be cited. I mean, we, we are talking about some next-level, heavy-handed, authoritarian governing here. 
I mean telling you sit your butt down. I mean, you know, we've made the analogy and the comparison of of Governor DeWine as our daddy telling us what to do, telling us when we have to get back to our room, when we're grounded, when we can come out, and so on and so forth. Uh, and some have compared it to a principal dealing with little children. But but liter- I, I didn't think it would be literal. And that's exactly what it is. It's literal. Does it not feel literally like the teacher telling you, sit down, Johnny? If you get up out of your seat in the classroom, sit down or you will be in detention. It's sit down or you could be fined. These things are incredible. I want to play a little game with you here. Uh, this is going to require a little bit of you know imagination on your part. Not too much, really. But just some you know mental imagery here, okay? I want you to picture this is, let me here's the backdrop of this. Um, the order with respect to people being allowed to go to bars and restaurants restaurants for meals and drinks and, and a social hour, if you will. The rules, of course, as I said before, are patio right now. As of tomorrow, you can go back inside, but on a very limited capacity. But the rules are you have to be uh, six feet away from other people. Your party does. Your party, your group that you're with, has to be six feet away from other people. In other words, the tables and and uh, seating areas are spaced six feet apart. A second rule is that you can have no more than 10 people in your party or in your group, right? You with me? No more than 10, and you've got to be six feet apart. This is what I would like somebody to ask Mike DeWine, and maybe it'll be Jack Windsor at some point. But this is what I want to know. Let's suppose, this is where I need your mental imagery. I want you to picture a bar restaurant, bar slash restaurant, right? With, you know, maybe a, you know, six or eight tables is all they can fit on their patio well, and keep six feet in between them. So let's, let's picture, you know, six or eight tables with the uh, chairs gathered around them and so on and so forth, right? Now, I want you to picture you and, let's say, five buddies if you're a male. Just work with me on this. Like I said, it's a little bit of a mental game here. But you and, say, five buddies all meet up at the bar. Or at the uh, place, you know, hey, they lifted the order, we don't have to stay home, we can actually go to the bar, we can go have some appetizers, have a couple of drinks, and have a nice little social time, right? So you and, and five buddies, six of you total, within the guidelines, the state's limit of 10 in your party, right? And you get together and you go to your table and you're all good. There's 10 chairs around it because that's the max, but you're only using six of them because you and your five buddies are there, right? And then you look oh, across the way. And you see maybe two tables over, so actually 12 feet of distance between you and the four girls who went out for a night that evening themselves. And they met up at their table, okay? What I want to know is if a couple of side-eye glances are exchanged and a couple maybe little head nods and maybe a little uh, air tipping of the beer, you know, a little uh, cheers to you, are you... And your five friends allowed to invite those four girls from their table to yours. Now, you'll understand why I'm asking this in a moment. You would be keeping within the boundaries of, of no more than ten people at your table. No more than ten in your party. Are those four girls allowed to come over 
and share drinks with their new friends? Or would they have just violated the six-foot social distancing space by closing that space and coming to your table? Do you understand the purpose of the question? The likelihood is the bar owner would be tasked by Governor DeWine and his team of snitches to tell them, you can't go over there, you're violating the six-foot rule. And the response would be, yeah, but there's only six people there and ten is the maximum. Well, yeah, but that's not your party. You didn't come with them. So therefore, you can't go over and stand or sit near them. But here's the, here's the, uh, the X factor. None of you, none of the six of you and your, you and your five buddies came together either. You came from six different households, six different cars, and met together on a patio at a table with chairs from six different locations. You don't have to sit six feet apart. But if those girls at the other table, the four over there came, all separately or together, doesn't really matter. They're not allowed to come near you because they weren't part of, quote, your party. Who would be getting the fines here? Would the bar get fined if they allowed such unauthorized socialization from taking play, or if they allowed it to happen? Would the bar be fined? Would the individuals be cited? Are, is Governor DeWine telling us we're not allowed to meet new people at bars and restaurants and go near them because we didn't come together, because we're different parties, because we come from different locations? Is that really what is being done to us? First, it was our comings and goings, then our worship, then our, play, our, our commerce, our places of doing business. And now, literally, our social interactions are going to be dictated by the dictator in Columbus. If I have six people at my table, I've got room for four more under mandatory state law, no more than ten people per party. Where those ten people come from should be no business of the governor, but if they do come from another table, suddenly social distancing norms will have been violated. And thus citations issued. We are literally being told how to live our lives. We are being directed by a teacher slash principal slash dean slash daddy slash whatever authority figure is telling us little children where we can and where we can't go and i my friends am not a sheep i do not need to be herded i do not need to be uh directed into the slaughterhouse and i refuse to allow anybody to well i can't say that i don't want anybody to accept that any more than i will I want us to rise up against that. They are literally telling us how, when, and where we can socialize. And if you think this is about a virus and not about control, then you just are missing the game. You just don't get it. It is not about a virus with a 99.5% survival rate. And we know that because of some of the questions that was asked of the little bespectacled governor yesterday and his massive dodges and refusal to answer them. I'll explain that on the flip side on AM 1420, The Answer.
friends. Tell me that. What if they were friends? What if they weren't just four strangers that you kind of caught the eye of? What if they were four friends that you hadn't seen before in a while? Come on over. I haven't seen you in a long time. Come on over and have a drink with Ah! Mike DeWine's lackeys are going to say, You stay at your table, young lady. You can't come over there and sit with those guys. You would be coming within six feet of them. Well, they're all in, within six feet of each other. It doesn't matter. That's one group. That's one party. Well, I want to join their party. You can't join their party. You didn't come with them. None of them came together. They all came from different cars. I said sit down. Is that? Are you prepared to live like this? They can see he spent his entire press conference yesterday looking like the magnanimous one, looking like the uh, the, the the courteous. Look what I'm doing. I'm releasing you from your bondage. We have we're moving from orders to strong recommendations. We're moving from directives to suggestions. But oh by the way, we will still issue citations, fines, threats of jail, and potentially the revocation of business licenses or liquor licenses. That's the and and the media sits there, the vast majority of them, and eats it up. Oh, great! I looked at the headlines as this was going on yesterday, as uh, media organizations presented Mike Dewine in real time, and uh, there are all oh, Ohio lifts lifts orders, lifts stay at home orders. Now the Ohioans protecting Ohioans' recommendations. We're free. That's how they're presenting it. No, they're not. We're not free. He changed the name. And the heavy-handed authoritarianism remains. I just cannot believe how quick people are to be led, like sheep, into the pen awaiting your turn for slaughter. It is impossible for me to understand how we can be so gullible and so naive, and how so many members of the media are willing to just present this without any critical challenges to present what the governor is saying to their consumers by way of being viewers or listeners or readers or website visitors or whatever the case might be. They present what the governor says unchallenged, as if this is necessary. And they again, they don't even challenge Governor DeWine on his Twitter, in which he continues to tout the deadly nature of coronavirus. This is still very, very deadly. You could be killing people if you don't follow our guidelines. He literally said that. He literally said we can kill one another if you don't follow uh, our guidelines, which means our orders, by the way. No challenges whatsoever, except for one guy who does this daily, Jack Windsor, who challenged especially that. Who is really dying? What killing are you talking about? Let's talk about who is really dying, what the statistics show, and what, why you refuse to address that with your orders. That was Jack Win- uh, Windsor's question yesterday. And we're going to talk to Jack about the answer that he got from Mike DeWine coming up right after the news, which is now on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-five. Now we continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. 
I want to bring on our guest, as promised. Uh, I should probably be this guy's agent as much as I just propped him up. I want 10% of whatever he makes, although he probably, he's an independent reporter. He probably doesn't exactly kill it right now. Uh, his name is Jack Windsor. He is killing Mike DeWine on a daily basis, and I know that is not something that the governor is very fond of. Jack is a TV reporter, a, an independent television reporter working for a station in Mansfield, and he is a fixture at the Daily Press Briefings in Columbus, joining us now on AM 1420 The Answer. Hi, Jack. How are you? Hi, Bob. Uh, it's always an honor to be with you and your WHK listeners. Thank you for having me back on. I'm it, super fantastic today. It's a pleasure to have you on. Jack, I mean it. I was just pumping you up in the job that you do every day before we came to, got to our newscast because you really do. You stand out, uh, from the crowd of media acolytes who are just willing to listen to everything that Mike DeWine says and unchallenged, uncritically feed that to their viewers, listeners, and, and webpage visitor, uh, visitors. Um, you actually stand there and challenge some of the stuff that he is, uh, he is, he is saying, and, and, and Houston and Acton and others on a daily basis. It's extraordinarily important work that you're doing. Uh, it, should, it should lead to some tremendous things for you, by the way, in your career. Yet you are the object of scorn and ridicule from some of the very members in the press pool that we're talking about. Uh, because you're daring to do journalism, and, and they're not. And the example of that, of course, is the exchange that you had, and I jumped in on on Twitter with a different, it doesn't matter who it is, I'm not going to name him, with another reporter who actually tweeted about how annoying you were, about how great and how valid and how helpful the questions from the main press pool are to Mike DeWine every day, with the exception of one guy who continues to, I don't know what he called you, but he essentially the, uh, the equivalent of a rabble-rouser for daring to ask questions that the governor didn't have answers to. Um, do you feel that pressure every day, Jack, when you're down there? Do you feel and the, you know, the shade that is being thrown to you or the side-eye that you're getting from some people like that? Sure I do, and I'm thick-skinned. So it really doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that I'm talking on behalf of our audience, which, which just isn't Mansfield, Ohio. I mean, we have listeners and viewers uh, all over the state. So the questions I'm asking, I receive from them, and uh, many of them are doing some of the hard research. I think what's frustrating is, um, you know, there's, a, there's an old quote that says, if your mom says she loves you, check it out. Well, I think that's the angle that we all need to go from. And I get that we all have a different schema and a different angle, but it really takes different angles to maintain a real good semblance of, of checks and balances. So, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, it, to me, sometimes it takes away from what the focus should be, which is getting to the truth, understanding the data, and working together collaboratively to develop policy around this important issue. Very well said, and I'm glad you do have that thick skin. I do too. I know what uh, I know that I've got haters out there who don't like the things that I say. I know I've got haters inside the Republican Party and the ORP who usually see me as an ally, and I am for the most part. But I am not going to stop saying the things that need to be said about this ridiculous uh, charade uh, that is being uh, uh, you know played on us or pulled over on us by Governor DeWine and his leaders. Now I want to get to your question yesterday. Uh, actually, before I get to your question yesterday, give me your overview of the announcement that we are moving away from stay-at-home orders and even from the Stay Safe Ohio orders to the 
Ohioans protecting Ohioans, strong recommendations. One would think that he just unlocked the gates and everybody is free to be themselves again. Uh, all businesses open, etc. And the, the only thing you have to do is follow some recommendations. Maybe even if you don't, it's okay because they're just strong recommendations. Um, that's the way it was presented. But the devil is in the details, is it not, Jack? It absolutely is in the details. And keep in mind, uh, he's an attorney. He's a, he's a former attorney general. And uh, we need to be very cognizant of that. And so what I would encourage everyone to do, and I'll give you just a real quick summary overview according to my understanding, but I would encourage everybody to dive into that new order. The challenge is, uh, as of uh, this morning, I have not seen it yet on the site. What I do know is that there will be an advisory. Uh, We are still under current orders until that order-slash-advisory is released. Now, there are about five parts that we're dealing with. One is business regulations. Two is large gatherings. Three is social distancing rules. I believe those will be part of the order. Based on my conversation with the press secretary yesterday, travel to and from the state and the stay-at-home order, which basically states unless necessary or seeking medical attention, you should stay home. Those two pieces, travel and stay-at-home, will be part of the advisory. So depending on the language, I can't give you any definitive answer, um, and that's really all I have to go on at this point. Uh, we do know, based on what came out last week, that uh, the service business and restaurants and bars are under a new order that was dated May 14th, and that order will extend until July 1st. Um, I, I want to read a tweet from Mike DeWine, uh, that is going to lead into your question, Jack. Um, and hold on, I'm pulling his feedback up again. Apparently he tweeted a lot more since uh, yesterday at the end of the, well, I shouldn't say he, I know he's got his staff doing this for him. But essentially what he said was, and I'm going to have, I can't seem to find it now, doggone it, my screen is refreshing in a very slow rate. Anyway, uh, the, the, um, uh, the meat of it was that, hey, Ohioans, if you think that COVID-19 is not a threat anymore, you're wrong. It is still killing people. It, you, and you are at a risk of killing people that you don't even know if you don't follow these recommendations. That's, that's, a, that's a paraphrase of what he had to say. And that leads us to your question. As we talk about deaths in Ohio and as we talk about what real really is happening and whether or not killing people, uh, you know, so recklessly and wantonly is something that we really have to be um, uh, concerned about. So, Jack, I'm going to play the question that you asked Governor DeWine yesterday, and then I'm going to let you tell us what the answer was. Governor, when you consider that since April 15th, 67 percent of deaths attributed to coronavirus are in long-term care facilities, and once we go back before the 15th, that number will be even larger. Uh, Seniors in congregate settings account for less than 1% of our population, but yet are overwhelmingly the most affected. Uh, Governor, is it time to ditch focus on things like contact tracing, bars and restaurants, and whether or not kids can chew gum on a baseball field, and to focus time, energy, and money more on solving the problem in our long-term care facilities? Jack, if I had been there, I would have high-fived you without gloves on. Uh, and, uh, because, 
because your point is so perfect. 67% of the deaths in Ohio since April 16th have been in nursing homes, long care, elderly congregant facilities, and those make up less than 1% of Ohio's population. And going back from April 15th and earlier, the number is even higher. In other words, the people that are dying are dying in nursing homes. They're not dying in the general public from people going to bars and, and, and hanging out. Why don't you focus on where the real death is taking place? Now, I tweeted about his answer, Jack, to your question, which was a non-answer. I'm going to let you describe now uh, how you felt that went. Well, I'm going to start with this. Imagine you're a first responder and you show up to an accident scene involving five people. Four are mildly injured, one's critical, near-fatal condition, and bleeding out. What's the first responder trained to do? They're trained to treat the critically injured person. Apply a tourniquet if the person's bleeding out and save a life. Then continue on with secondary or tertiary protocols for the other four. Yet in Ohio, we're spending almost all of our time on the other four at the accident scene. And the governor's answer to my question yesterday, uh, it, was, it was lengthy, and I summarize it this way. Uh, one of the major themes really was we should not minimize the health impact on those who don't die and that we should also know that we can be infected and be carriers of COVID and not even know it. Now, at the end of his answer, uh, I actually pushed back a little bit because what stuck out in my mind, over the weekend I read the order that came out regarding restaurants and bars on May 14th that Dr. Amy Acton signed, and there was a part in that order that stuck in my mind. And so I went back over that order this morning, uh, and the language is this, quote, the CDC reports that people are most contagious when they are most symptomatic, the sickest. However, some spread might be possible before people show symptoms, although that is not the main way this virus spreads. So I asked him after he answered yesterday, you're saying now that we should be concerned because we could be spreading it and not knowing it, but according to the order that just came out on the 14th, that's not what the CDC states and what you quote and it seems to collide. And his answer was, well, I don't remember what was in that order. These are the things that, look, I'm not trying to grandstand. I'm trying to get the data that people can consume and make decisions on. And if we're continuing to send out confusing signals and confusing data, not only are we scaring the hell out of people, we're not giving them the opportunity to exercise their own liberties to decide what they want to do. That is uh, very well stated, uh, and a great analogy, by the way, to a critical care situation. Uh, you know, with an accident and a first responder. We're talking to Jack Windsor. W. I'm sorry. What's the TV station in Mansfield? WMFD TV. MFD. Sorry about that. Jack Windsor uh, has been uh, a, a frequent member of the press pool in Columbus at all of these briefings. Um, yeah, the the thing that struck me and that bothered me, Jack, about the answer to your question is we, he never addressed nursing homes. Not once. Your point was people in the, the long-term care uh, facilities, the people in the highly populated with elderly people congregant settings where uh, that's where the enormous majority of the deaths are coming from. He never addressed at one time he just said well yes we know that the elderly population is most at risk and we also know that people with uh, compromised health systems or immune systems are also at uh, at the highest risk he never talked about and then he said and we don't want to be carrying the virus to those people but the point is in those facilities you can't 
and, and it's kind of a sad reality that you can't go into the nursing home facilities. Visitors aren't allowed. You can't carry something from your daily life into the facility where all of the elderly people are being kept, where the vast majority of the deaths are occurring because of that portion of the law. That's what ought to be kept in place. And everything else, considering the tiny, minute number of deaths that are happening, uh, that's what needs to be opened up, right or wrong. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And we still don't have all the numbers on other congregate settings like prisons. And, and you know, there are other, uh, you know, developmental uh, facilities. And when you really dive into that and you look at kind of the, you know, the air ducts and the central air of, of those places, that seems to be part of the issue. But that aside, a, a, a tremendous number of deaths and infect, infections are happening in those places. And, you know, I used to coach football, and my players would get annoyed with me because I would say to know and not to do is not to know. And you can tell me all day long that you know this, but what are we doing about it? And when we continue to focus on policing restaurants and bars and whether or not kids can chew bubble gum on a baseball field this summer, you're not expending your time, your energy, and your effort solving the problem that's right in front of your face. Instead, we're worried about standing up contact tracing, which, by the way, uh, is, is, is really interesting, and I won't go into that today. But shade of your point we're not diving in and we're not solving the problem and we could get into this whole discussion about hydroxychloroquine and you know the other the other drugs that could be administered in these facilities uh prophylactically or even as uh the the virus initially uh shows up but we're not doing it and that is a tremendous tremendous concern if we can't fix the problem right in front of us how effective are we going to be at fixing things that may or may not come into play down the road yeah agreed um jack let me just get one other question in uh jack windsor is our guest um with respect to the bars and restaurants we know that uh, the covid 19 virus only lives on the inside of the bars now until tomorrow tomorrow then it will be gone from the inside of the bars too because right now you can hang out on the outside on the patio but you can't go inside because that's where the vid is ready to just pounce on you and to take your take yours in the lives of everybody you know uh but tomorrow you have to go in what I want to know is with respect to his promise of massive numbers of snitches, and he didn't use the word snitches, but uh, whether they be health department, department employees or special contracted people who are going to be hired to go and patrol the uh, patios and patrol the bars and patrol the restaurants to make sure people aren't coming within six feet of one another. Threats of citations of the individuals, citations for the businesses, and revocation of licenses for the businesses have been made. Um, does that sound like Ohio is being opened up to you? Because it sounds to me like we are literally being kept under lock and key until we are allowed out. And if you are allowed out, it's like supervised visits to somebody who's been accused of, of, of abuse. Uh, you're not uh, abusing children. You, you, they're going to be supervising our every move if we go out to try to socialize with people. Am I reading that wrong? You're not reading that wrong at all. In fact, prior to yesterday, the day before, there was some very strong language uh, that that the governor delivered during the press conference that said just that. Uh, we're going to police restaurants and bars, and uh, they're going to do it proactively, and they're going to swoop in, and uh, if they're out of compliance, they can face administrative or criminal issues and charges. Uh, so that's happening. In fact, there was a, a reporter, uh, Luis, from Latino TV yesterday who addressed this and said, you know, uh, you say that we're all in this together and that you, you want to help and build consumer confidence, but I'm here to tell you, uh, people who are our viewers over the weekend saw firsthand that this is anything but friendly. And, and, and this wasn't, uh, you know, a pat on the back, hey, let's get it right. And so I, I understand he's saying that from, from the podium, 
but uh, there's a tremendous amount of uh, discouragement in the business community, as there should be. Again, let's focus on some of the issues that we have that are real, but instead we're going to send people out to bully businesses some of which have been closed for, for two months, and they have you know people on payroll who make 50% of their living from mm. tips, but yet you're going to cut their ability to serve people in half. Um, it's disgusting to me. And mm. you know I'm not the only one. Representative John Cross said uh, a day ago, let me be blunt, if your administration unfairly attacks small business owners who need help and in, in clarity during a time of need as a member of the House Finance Committee, I'll recommend to cut your restaurant slash bar police budget. So uh, not only are, are restaurant and bar owners awake and astute to this, uh, legislators are and, and people are. And frankly, though, here's the issue. Uh, people have been pushing back since the beginning of this. It doesn't seem to have effect, although we'll see. Based on yesterday's uh, discussion that we may have a new, uh, a new order, maybe it, maybe it will change. I'm not going to... I'm not going to comment on that until we see the order. I find it interesting that he made that announcement yesterday at 2 p.m., and we still have not seen the order. And that's because they are still writing it. They are still tweaking it. They are still doing uh, whatever. The Lord only knows what to it. So they make an announcement about something that doesn't exist yet. I have a big problem with that. And last thing, Jack, hypothetical for you, right? Let's say a couple of buddies of my uh, of mine and I go down to uh, to Mansfield. Uh, maybe we're visiting a friend. Well, I don't know. We're allowed to visit friends anyway. We stop out at a bar. And uh, we're outside on a bar patio at a table. I've never met you face-to-face, but I've seen your face on Facebook, so I know what you look like. Maybe you even got that, uh, that bottle cap lid backwards on your head uh, and, that you have in all of your videos, which, by the way, is a look I can't pull off. Well done. Uh, I, I say, hey, that's Jack Windsor over there at that table over there with a friend of his. And I look at you, and I'm at my table six feet apart from your table, which is six feet apart. I say, hey, I think that's Jack Windsor. And I go, hey, hey, Jack, is that you? And you say, yeah, come on over and have a, have a drink with us. Are you allowed, Jack Windsor, to leave your table to come to my table? Or now we won't be at ten yet. We still have fewer than ten, which is the number of people that are maximum in a party. Are you allowed to come to my table or not, Jack? What a fantastic question! So let's say you have a party of four, and I'm I'm with a party of four, and that's eight, right? But if I come from my table over to your table, uh, based on the way that things are, are written, I'm not complying with social distancing. Uh, regulations. Right. So I would be out of compliance, which then would put the re- the bar owner at risk. And by the way, if I'm going to come over and clink your glass, I need to sit down to drink. I cannot stand up. Well, that's yeah, that's the I other part. And, and and this is what I want to know: is one of Dewine's lackeys going to be in that on that patio? Says they see you get up to walk to my table and say, "You sit right back down, Mister." as if you are in yep. your, your kindergarten classroom that your teacher used to rule over with that exact same language. Jack, you get sit down, Jack, get in your desk, get in your chair. Because you're right, we would not be at 10, we would not have over, you know, uh, gone over the number, but you would have violated the order. And what, would, what sense does that make? Well, you're in a different party, you came from a different place. Well, so did me and my three buddies, we all came in different cars. We all came from three different homes. We all came from three different locations, we got together and that's okay. But you and your three buddies can't come over because you also came from a different place? Think about the insanity of this six-foot rule. Think about how stupid it is... To to say that you have to keep six feet away from us, but we all came from different places and are allowed to sit shoulder to shoulder in our, at, our, at our table. Isn't it insane? And, and then the restaurant slash bar owner is at risk for citation. Here's yeah. the other thing that came out yesterday. Other people in that establishment at that time when I violate uh, that recommendation or that order 
they're also at risk. It's insanity. And, uh, and frankly, I, well, I'm not going to go down that road. I, I, good luck to somebody that, that approaches you or me or, or anyone else that has a semblance of a strong personal constitution yeah. and understands what their God-given rights are. That's what I worry about. I worry about people coming into these situations that will eventually be hostile. And, and yeah, look, I'm I, not told, I totally agree. I no, but I think that would right. happen. If you have a strong personality and, quite frankly, you're not used to being treated like you're a six-year-old in a classroom uh, and being told where you can walk and who you can sit next to and who you cannot, yeah, it's going to lead to confrontation. Do me a favor. If you can find a way to shorten up the six-minute question I just asked you and turn it into 40 seconds, uh, ask Mike DeWine about whether or not you could come over to my table, okay? I would love to hear an answer to that. <laughs> Bob, it's a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jack Windsor. Jack Windsor, uh, joining us, he is a, uh, an investigative slash independent reporter working out of Mansfield and covering Mike DeWine's press conferences every day. Great job by Jack Windsor. We're back, we'll uh, be right back after this. Okay, short segment here, actually, just about uh, 30 seconds worth of segment here. We went a little bit long with uh, Jack Windsor, and that's okay. Coming up at 1010, we're going to talk with Tony George. The restaurants are opening inside now that we know that the COVID has been eradicated from those uh, premises. Tomorrow, Tony George is one of the most well-known and respected restaurateurs in Northeast Ohio. We're going to talk to him about what they have had to endure, uh, how bad it has gotten for them and their employees, and what they are doing to get ready for the grand reopening on a limited capacity basis uh, that is happening tomorrow. My problem, in summary, is that I don't like being lied to by leaders. We can have policy disagreements. We can have uh, dis- debates and discussions about the way these things are done, but when our elected officials flat out lie to us that we've lifted the orders and we have re- replaced them with just strong recommendations. Um, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. You still are ruling with an iron fist. There's hardly even a velvet glove. And I'm tired of that nonsense, just like I'm tired of his tweet. Mike DeWine tweeted, by the end of May, 95% of Ohio's economy will be open. You're lying. You are lying when you are making businesses operate at 25 to 50% capacity. That's 90, not 95% open. You are lying when 30 to 40% of the businesses that were forced to close by your ridiculous heavy-handed order are never going to reopen again because they went bankrupt. Don't try to tell me 95% of the businesses are going to be open when I know better. That's my problem with Mike DeWine. He is lying to you on a daily basis. We'll take a time out for news now. We'll come back. Tony George will join us.